This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder, the Minnesota. We read you your stuff back. That's Karen Kilgareth. That's Georgia Hardstark. We're your hosts and the hired readers for this production. <laughs> they hired us to read to you. We audition, uh huh, and we beat out all the other girls. Yeah, yeah. We got a call back. We had we got a call back. Then we had a network test. <laughs> Intense. Can you believe it? It's they, hard. They, we my want. mouth went totally dry. Yeah. My Tongue stuck to the roof of my mouth. So nervous. Still, we got it. (laughs) Still, we rise. Even at your worst, you got it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) You got it. What? Should Uh, we drop the? Should we drop the concept that only we know right now, which is that we're about to come out with T-shirts that say "This is terrible. Keep going." Yeah. Because I'm so excited about those shirts. They're so good. Don't tell them what it's like. Don't tell them what it looks like. It's just you're gonna like it. Yeah. And also how timely. Yeah. I don't usually, I'm not a big merch plugger, but I'm excited yeah. about this shirt. Mm. I am too. I am too. That's a, that's a, that's an upcoming uh, surprise for all you mini sewed listeners. Some call it an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> Us admitting that we were uh, cast for this podcast is an Easter yeah. egg, even though it's not true at all. That's a, it's not true. It's so, so it's, we call it a line oh. behind the scenes where okay. it's us fibbing, uh-huh. which is what we like to do. Mm. But also, it takes you back behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah, of what real life and you're is like, be like here. Are they lying or are they not lying? I feel like I feel like also I'd... behind the scenes. You just you see where we decide, right? What reality is anyway? It's here's quarantine. your first email, <laughs> and we it's just quarantine. started lying. <laughs> uh, are you ready for this yes. one? Uh, I think I'm going to read you the title, okay? Because it's simply John Dillinger saved my grandma. Beautiful. Oh, hi there. Not too long back. Well before the pandemic, so it feels like uh, more like years ago. Mm. My incredible grandma, Elma, and then in parentheses, jackpot grandma name, right? Was the oldest of six on a remote farm not too far from Hicksville, Ohio. One day in 1933, a nice looking car pulls down the long dirt road leading to the house. My great grandpa is already outside doing farmer stuff. So he approaches the car as four very well dressed men step out. The main guy introduced himself as John and politely asked my grandma my great-grandpa, if they could pay him to fill up their car with gas. Apparently, this kind of thing wasn't too uncommon since this was around the time that gas-powered tractors and farm equipment had become normal, Mm. so almost all farms would retain their own large supply of gas. The men stood to the side as my great-grandpa agreed and began filling up the tank. As he was filling the car, he glanced into the back seat and saw four (laughs) submachine (laughs) guns. So can you imagine a submachine gun back then? You, In 1930, you've never seen anything like that. It would be. It would look like a laser from Star Trek. Totally, probably. totally horrifying. 
And just a just an old farmer. You know he was wearing overalls. Oh my god. Okay. Uh four submachine guns propped in the back seat. The man he was filling up the car for was no none other than John Dillinger. I guessed it. Yeah. You knew. <laughs> right from the title. Right from looking the- <laughs> looking up uh looking up the timeline and location of John Dillinger's whereabouts, this was most likely one of their first stops right after Dillinger's first escape from jail in Lima, less than an hour and a half away. My great grandpa is it Lima or Lima? I wonder. My great grandpa stayed calm and continued to be polite and unassuming as the men to the men, uh, as they did the same. When he was all finished, John walked over to my grandpa, thanked him, and handed him a fifty dollar bill wow. and simply left. My grand great grandpa or any of the family had never seen a bill that large. <laughs> This was in the middle of the Great Depression and times were getting tougher and tougher to feed a family of six and keep the farm maintained uh, enough so that they could keep it. My great grandpa knew if he called the police, the only proof he'd have of this event was the single $50 bill, which is about $770 in today's Holy money. Holy shit. Yeah. Hi. Um, and they would have had to take it as evidence. So he made the call to keep quiet and use the money towards saving the family and the farm. Because of this, my grandma had far more opportunities to go to bed with a full stomach at mm. night. My grandma, Elma, passed away two years ago. I lived 12 hours away from her. So when we heard she was in bad health, we planned a trip as fast as we could see her. We let her know uh, when we'd be in town and were able to make it in time to have a great visit with her as if nothing was wrong. She passed away two days later, and I truly believe that she held out until she was able to see us one last time. Thank you, girls, for all of your fun energy. Stay sexy and tip your farmers well, Audrey. Aww. Elma. That's amazing. Shout out to Elma. Wow. Shout out. Yeah. This one uh, just starts. Hello, MFM BFFs. <laughs> That's clever. I was. Yes. Uh, it was September of 1994, and I had just started my senior year at high school in. An acquaintance of mine, Dominic, who was a junior, got pulled out of class the morning of September 22nd to be given the news that his mother, Mary, had been found dead near their home. Dominic and his mother lived alone together, his father being estranged. Apparently, Mary had been found on a forested path that connected two cul-de-sacs in an upper-class neighborhood. She had been stabbed multiple times. Another also interesting connection to the story, my third grade teacher and longtime family friend was the one who found her. Oh, no. So small town. Um, This was devastating and scary news to Dominic and our school. During that time, sleepy, safe town with little crime that I remember as a teen. A few days went on and Mary's funeral ensued, which I attended with some friends. Dominic was there receiving condolences from family and friends. I gave Dominic a hug and apologized for the loss of his mom. All caps. But then. Yes. There's always a but then. You're just waiting for that but then. Mm-hmm. On October 5th, 1994, Dominic was arrested for Mary's murder. The real story is that Dominic planned to murder his mother the night of September 21st and suggested they go for a walk that evening. He concealed a large butcher knife with him and stabbed his mother 29 times, even after she was dead. He then drove out to the country and disposed of the weapon. He placed his bloody clothes in his backpack and took them to school the next day to throw away in the dumpster. A search warrant of the home revealed Mary's blood throughout the house and on Dominic's shoes, which were soaking in bleach. So he was arrested and logged in a juvenile detention facility. Here's the kicker, though. Since he killed his mother before Measure 11, he was not tried as an adult. He was sent to McLaurin School for Boys, where he was released in 1999 at the age of 21. 
In fact, he doesn't even have to report to a parole officer or get mental health treatment. He can get a concealed weapons permit and can answer that he has never been convicted of a crime on job applications. Why? Because he was a juvenile. Oh, okay. He has since changed his name, and I think he's been arrested for fraud in the last few years or something like that. He never said why he did it, although he did admit to causing Mary's death. Uh, I did find him on Facebook, if you're interested, and then gave us a link to his Facebook. Good God, stay away. What are you doing? Don't do that. And I took all the last names in this, and I took them out. Stay sexy and don't hug a mother murderer. P.S. Tonight I finished HBO's I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and I've been crying for hours. So good, so dark, so sad. And yes, Georgia, I agree that Karen looks great in purple. Love you both so much, Robin. Yeah, Robin. Robin tried to even that out at the end with a nice compliment, but that was a horrible story. (laughs) It was horrible. But it is so crazy that you can just get out and like live your normal life, which is what makes sense. Like that's what the point of juvenile arrests are for. You would hope, though, that uh, that level of overkill would be treated differently than the other kids that are in juvie for stealing cars and you know or doing drugs or something like that because premeditated murder i think maybe that's what number 11 is i didn't look it up but premeditated murder is a yeah i mean crazy but what do we know right here we'll take a nice um We'll take a nice left turn into the into a lighthearted area. The time my mom almost accidentally killed my dad. <laughs> hey, MFM fam. Last Sunday, I was playing cards with my parents and my newlywed husband, and my mom said that she had a story for me. So my dad wears a CPAP machine at night, and there's a filter system for, for it where you put distilled water. And my dad ran out of water, so he asked to borrow some from the gallon my mom was <laughs> used for ironing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. Because he didn't want to go down upstairs and get or downstairs and get. Uh, no, he'd have to leave the house. So she had the only other, she had her own oh, distilled water stash okay. for special ironing. Got it. He didn't want to have to go down to you know the CVS. Okay. So from the gallon my mom used for ironing until he could go out and get his own. So the first few nights he started sneezing and coughing really badly, but only at night. My parents couldn't figure out what was going on with him, worried it might be COVID related. Mm. The next time my dad went to fill his water in his CPAP machine, he noticed the water looked weird, like milky and not clear. He took a closer look at the gallon. It was the bleach water (gasps) that he had mixed for cleaning. My mom had accidentally given him a gallon of bleach water mixture instead of her distilled water. Luckily, my dad caught it and cleaned it out. And he thinks he didn't use any. We really gave my mom a hard time since she's always watching shows like Snapped and Cold Case Files. Yeah. We joked we joked that this was her clever way to poison him to death. All is well. My dad is alive and is not, quote unquote, <laughs> sick anymore. We told him to be extra nice to my mom just in case. <laughs> Thank you for bringing humor and joy in these tough times we're in. My fucking hooray is that COVID-19 did not stop me from getting married. We had a very small, beautiful outdoor ceremony and I got to marry the love of my life. Aww. That's lovely. Stay sexy and label your bleach water correctly, oh, Molly. My, she could. I wonder if that would have killed him if he had. It like, absolutely would have. Right? Just inhaling bleach night after night, yeah. you wouldn't be able to do that for uh, that long. Doctor Reno's, let us know how long can you inhale? <laughs> Are you bleach? daring me? Because I have a CPAP machine and I could totally do it. <laughs> okay, tell us what it's like. Okay, like and what your dreams are like. <laughs> wow. Okay. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye.
Um, this one just starts, just called a hometown story and starts, while my murder story is not from my hometown, it does involve my family member, my great, great grandmother. Her name was Selma and she was murdered in Brooklyn, New York in July, 1927. Wow. Selma had owned a boarding house on Prospect Place that she lived in with her family. When she and her family moved out, she entrusted the boarding house to her friend, Sarah, 76 year old. Oh, and I looked it up. So this is, this sounded so far fetched to me that I looked it up and it's all fucking true. So I looked it up. <laughs> this woman was 76 years old, Sarah Brownwell. Um, so she entrusted the boarding house to her friend, Sarah. A handyman was hired to work in the boarding house, Ludwig Halvorsen Lee. He was a Norwegian immigrant who received free room and board at the boarding house in exchange for keeping up uh, with the maintenance for no salary. One day, a neighbor noticed something strange. Water was leaking from the cellar of the boarding house and flooding her yard. Come to think of it, she had also heard some strange noises from that same cellar the night before. When she knocked on the boarding house door to talk to Sarah, the owner, she was greeted by Ludwig. He explained that Sarah was, quote, out of town, and he would take care of the leak in the cellar. Several days passed and the water problem was not fixed. The neighbor called my great-great-grandmother Selma, since she was the former owner, and explained the issue. The neighbor watched as my great-great-grandmother entered the boarding house and never came out. Soon, mysterious packages started appearing around Brooklyn um, at Prospect Park, a train station, a church, etc. Each unfortunate person who opened these sacks was greeted by a different severed body part. What? I fucking swear I looked it up. It's all true. <laughs> Uh, even the crazy name of the dude. <laughs> While the police noticed that some body parts were missing from the collection, they could tell that it was the body parts of two different women. As they started to put two and two together, the disappearances of Sarah and Selma, the water problem in the cellar, the packages of body parts, they realized they needed to investigate the boarding house. Mm -hmm. As the police entered the cellar, they were greeted instantly with the smell of death. They found the remaining body parts of Selma and Sarah stuffed in the cellar pipes, causing the water leak. They oh. also discovered several bottles, bottles of lye that had been emptied over the body parts in order to dissolve them faster. The receipt for the bottles was found, and when police checked with the store clerk, he recalled Ludwig buying the bottles. The police eventually found my great-great-grandmother's ring in a box in Lud Ludwig's room. My great-great-grandfather had the unfortunate job of identifying the remains of his wife. Uh. Oh. The story came together at the trial. Ludwig had wanted to return to Norway, but had no money since he worked at the boarding house for free. He knew that rent day was coming up and he accosted Sarah. He killed her with an axe in order to procure the money. When my great-great-grandmother Selma came to investigate the water leak, she either happened upon Ludwig chopping up Sarah's body or the already chopped up body of Sarah. The, uh, she ended up becoming an unintended victim to Ludwig's axe. The defense tried to cross-examine my great-grandfather, Sel Selma's son, and accused him of murdering the lady since he still lived at the boarding house. However, my great-grandfather denied this, and the evidence against Ludwig was strong. Ludwig was charged with the murder and died by the electric chair in 1928. And then that's, Ooh. there's no signature. <laughs> that's it. Oh. <laughs> there's no opening and there's no signature. Someone's just like, so hey, there I have you go. The craziest <laughs> hometown, essentially. That's it. Goodbye. They pieced out of the end of that letter. Wow. Can you imagine like in that's your like family lineage, lineage that that happening? It's so horrible. Also, so, so it, do I get this right? That somebody watched their great, great grandmother walk into that boarding house and she just never returned. Yeah. 
So I think the next piece of information I would want to hear in that story is how quickly did that witness go to the cops? I don't think they they must not have been like, they must just have seen them go in and went, went about their business. You know, they were like, oh, she's taking care of it. Yeah. There's nothing to check back in with in any way. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to knock on that door. Guess Sarah just went home. No thanks for any kind of uh, <laughs> results on what happened there with the flood. No, with no the flood in my neighborhood. No further questions. I'm out. All good. <laughs> Actually, well, let's talk about something else right now. <laughs> Have you been watching <laughs> the new season? Uh, the 1933 version of the Great Depression. Have you watched the new uh, season? Oh my God, it's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready for this? Yeah. My finals? Yeah. Hello, all. I'm finally doing it. After years of listening to other people's stories, I'm finally sharing my own. Do it. My, I really put a lot of drama into that. <clears throat> my grandparents, Helena, who went by Tootie, and Dwayne, who went by Dick. What? <laughs> Amazing. This is why we ask you to always give your fucking grandparents names. Please. Legendary. Dick and Tootie. Did any uh did anyone's grandparents use their real names? Uh <laughs> they were married for 60 plus years, had five kids and a slew of grandkids. Hmm. They were everything grandparents should be, sweet, loving, and cute as buttons. They were always together. My grandma never got a driver's license, so always together. Hmm. And my grandpa loved to do puzzles in his retirement. Big puzzles. I'm talking thousand plus pieces. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, um, he'd work on them for days on end with no help from grandma until it was time for the very last piece. <laughs> he always gave her the last piece of every puzzle so she could finish it because, well, he adored her. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's just take a quick break. Oh, for crying times. Oh. This is how love is supposed to work. I Women love of you, 2020. Vince. Vince, I love you <laughs> so much. You know what I did last night? I. <laughs> Speaking of relationships and trying to make them last 60 years, I was changing my pillowcase. And so I got another one for him and then just threw it on his pillow for him to do later. And then I was like, you know what? If this were Vince, he would put the pillowcase on my pillow for me. So maybe take that extra fucking step and put the pillowcase on Vince's pillow instead of just tossing it on his fucking side of the bed. Hell yeah. There you go. There it is. Feels good, right? It did feel good good. to do it. It did. It was your idea. You did it. And of course, I told him so I could get credit for it. Well, yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Go ahead. I love it. No, no, that's great. (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah. Talk about, let's do some readjusted goals. How about not just, not just finding someone that texts you back? How about someone that gives you the last piece of their puzzle that they worked on? Or puts your pillowcase on for you. Or, (laughs) like Georgia does. Or or more so, puts the your pillowcase on. (laughs) Okay. Cut to my grandpa passed away, leaving my grandma and all of us devastated. This person had been her true partner in every sense for practically her entire life. Grandma gave away all the puzzles grandpa had in the house as she didn't like doing them. And then one day, months after grandpa's passing, my grandma was at her dresser, looked down and saw one puzzle piece. She swore every puzzle in the house had been given away and the room had been cleaned and vacuumed many times during the passing months. But there it was. She knew it was my grandpa reminding her of how much he loved her. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. In the years since, Grandma actually had this occur one more time. 
So when she passed away and we were burying her ashes under a tree next to my grandpa, the two puzzle pieces went in with her and she was back with the missing piece to her puzzle. Thanks so much for taking the time to read my story. As many have said before, thank you for bringing true crime obsession, anxiety disorders and self-acceptance to your millions of faithful listeners. A special shout out to Karen for sharing British Nordic Canadian crime procedural <laughs> suggestions. Seriously, I barely watch anything made in this country anymore. <laughs> Stay sexy and find a cute way to haunt your loved ones when you go, Dara. That was gorgeous. My, how am I supposed to follow that one? That was gorgeous. I guess. I guess all I have to say is in your face with someone else's puzzle story. (laughs) This is a competition, after all. Oh, we didn't. This is a this is a true crime comedy competition show. Comedy competition show. It's a lot like America's Got Talent, Mm -hmm. but without the talent. No talent. (laughs) Not a lot of America represented in the way that I think they that would like to beautiful. be. beautiful. That was lovely. Uh, Yay. Tootie and Dick forever. Tootie and Dick. Tootie and Dick. Let's go over to Tootie and Dick's for drinks before we go over to the 4th of July parade. Let's have cocktails oh. at Tootie and Dick's before <laughs> before the cinema. Tootie and, Tootie and Dick are making popcorn <laughs> and then we're going to go over to the... <laughs> I can hide candy in my purse, in my enormous <laughs> grandma purse. <gasps> I'll hide candy for the movie. Go tell Dick to get grandma's purse. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, that was beautiful. This wasn't isn't as beautiful, but I really like it. Uh, I'm not going to read you the title. Hello, good friends of the podcast. A few years ago, my wife and I bought our very first home in Los Angeles. The house is old, originally built in the 1920s as a hunting cabin, which is crazy that fucking Los Angeles was that rural, but... So awesome. With several renovations and additions in its near 100-year history. Fucking awesome. Mm. Out of curiosity, because the house was so old and because we needed to do some renovations ourselves, we searched for old building and renovation permits on the LAD uh, Department of Building and Safety website. We discovered that in the 1930s, a woman named Winifred, and then it says great name, Mm-hmm. Winifred filed several building permits for the property, including one for a, quote, new private goat house. <laughs> we both thought, what an independent lady to own a home and maybe a goat farm, too, in the 1930s. She must have been really cool and ahead of her time. Oh, how wrong we were. <laughs> Fast forward to a few weeks ago, we were FaceTiming with a friend who works for the L.A. Public Library, and she mentioned how she's been searching old digitized L.A. articles about badass women through the library database. We asked her to search Winifred's name, thinking if we were uh, thinking if we were lucky enough, there may be an article mentioning her prized goat rearing or something to that nature. <laughs> Nope. Instead, we found six articles detailing how Winifred strangled her elderly mother in our house. Oh, most likely our bedroom. No, because she saw, quote, an evil spirit gleaming in her mother's eyes. Uh Oh, Winifred. Uh huh. Fortunately, it doesn't seem our house is haunted, but still pretty shocking to discover a grisly murder took place here over 70 years ago. Also, if an evil gleam in her mother's eye was enough to drive Winifred to murder, I'm glad she didn't live long enough to see a lesbian couple buy her house from a drug dealer. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I say this one for last. I'm like a good. I'm glad she didn't. That's see, right. I'm glad she didn't live long enough to see a lesbian couple buy her house from a drug dealer. Um. Anyways, <laughs> did you hear that part? The, the drug, drug dealer, real estate agent. I love it. There's people. <laughs> people hustle in in L.A. Man, it's probably one of those for for sale by owner, and the guy's just like, "Can I? I just Look, need to get rid of this place. You can um, buy this house. It's I also got those really good cat mushrooms. That people like. <laughs> um, we're doing a little bit of ecstasy. It's, it's a throwback. <laughs> 
anyway, stay sexy and maybe check if your house is the site of a murder before you mm. buy M and L. M and L. Congratulations on your haunted house. Sounds fucking rad. Can you invite us over for pre-show cocktails when this COVID is over? I mean, I feel like you maybe make friends with a Catholic priest, if only for the <laughs> blessing ceremony ritual. You know, mm-hmm. you it's up to you. Um, but I think that's a, if they already haven't gotten bad vibes, yeah. I think they, they're in the clear. I mean, a hundred year old house. You don't know what else has been going on. I mean, what did the drug dealer do there? You know, is he haunt he or she? I don't want to be sexist haunting it. <laughs> we don't know. Yes. The drug dealer for getting it to for making his investments and interest. Multi, yeah. uh, what's that called? Dude, divesting. It. Yeah. You know, it's he's not completely. Yeah. Just a, depending like a crutch on cocaine. Right. He's also selling homes. Diversifying. Is that what you said? Diversifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Diversifying his portfolio. That's right. Yeah. Um, send us your stories of haunted houses and fucking drug drug dealers and fucking... Tell us a story about a drug dealer getting out of the business. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun for COVID. <laughs> yeah. Something uplifting. Were you a drug dealer? How did you get out of it? And like, tell us how great your life is now that and you can, you can, um, you can inspire other drug dealers to... That's right. Get your life. Or you can be like, I made a parallel move into Amway and it's pretty much <laughs> the same thing. Or did drug dealing <laughs> save your life? We don't know. Please. Take, keep it together. Not especially not during COVID. You don't want Ugh. after everything else that's going on. You don't want to be addicted to some terrible drug. No, not at all. It's hard enough. It is. Don't go looking for problems. You already have plenty. <laughs> As my sister likes to say to me, time and again. I love it. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <surprise>. Goodbye. <laughs> Elvis, you want a cookie?